Good morning, Rosicado. Oh, good morning, um, person. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. I am so original. <laughs> I love how original you are. It makes me very happy. Oh, gosh. How are you? I am, as usual, just rolling on a bed, but I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's something that our guests want to know. Be like, yeah, I just rolled out of bed. I didn't take much time to get ready for this interview. <laughs> It's the best part, though, because when you roll out of bed and you're just like, all right, let's go. It's like fresh. I kind of like that because it's like I the, guess. First, the first impression, the first thoughts of the day are fresh. It's like when you wake up and you do a free write. That's oh, true. That's true. So it's very kind of just like, hey, I'm fresh. What's up? That's true. See, yeah. where, whereas I, like I said before, I wake up usually, at four in the morning, usually grumpy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not at four in the morning oh my gosh no I'm, I'm just not a morning person but this morning this morning instead of well I did go on my Facebook and my Instagram which is like not the best thing to do first thing in the morning but you do that yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> I, it's but like, I don't use Facebook though it's just Instagram so it's a little well, bit easier. I mean I don't know. It's the same people, whatever, but it's, it's not, not the best habit. I keep trying to shift my camera because sometimes you can see the fire extinguisher in the back. Thank you for practicing. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, that's funny. So yeah, no, this morning instead I decided I, I was doing that. And I was like, Oh, to hell with this. This is like depressing. What am I doing first thing in the morning? It's not, you know, especially just the state of the world. I mean, but um, no, I decided I went on Netflix and there's this ridiculous documentary called We Are the Champions. And it um, has 30 minute episodes about different competitions in the world that are just oh. bizarre competitions. And so I watched, I don't know, like five minutes of one just put a smile on my face, which was about dog dancing. <gasps> oh my God. Maybe I you would like that. I would love that. <laughs> dancing with the bitches. Mm. Not all bitches, but yeah, some of them might, might must be. This is true. This is true. But um, yeah, so put a little smile on my face. But I love that. Still, just you know, hanging in, hanging in. Yes, as a lot of people are. Oh yeah. my god, there's just so yeah. many things that we have to deal with right now, and oh. you know, for those that um, have <clears throat> tuned into our episode yesterday, they'll get it. They'll understand what we're referring to. Just perspectives are yeah so, yeah perspective is is the buzzword of 2020 in my opinion it is a good word yeah mm -hmm. i don't know how it and adds shit up on, show yeah i don't know what the word <laughs> score is on a scrabble board but it's definitely perspective that's probably that's a uh do you even is there enough letters to do that because you only get seven then no well, that's not, well, not necessarily unless someone already put add. something down. You can add, but that would you be very, uh, yeah, I can't even think of what you'd add. Perspective, P-E-R-S-P-E-C. Now you're in a spelling bee. P -E -C. I'm already tired of this. <laughs> Too long of a word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so I'm, see, this is what I do. I think even yesterday, like I, I reel it back in, reel it back yeah. in. Real so back in. So I we want do, to, yeah. yeah, introduce. Yeah. 
So in a few minutes on the show, we have one of my... Well, yeah, she is a friend of mine. We don't know each other very well personally, but we are very aware of what we do in our professional lives and in our, in our, um, in our hustling. And her name is Ariana Fotonakis, and she is actually someone I met through a previous guest that I brought on the show, Nadia Peshirskaya. Mm, right. Aria, Ariana took over EHF, the Entrepreneurs of Health and Fitness of Vancouver, which is a network and community support group that is an email newsletter. And as far as I know, definitely a Facebook uh, group. And Ariana can tell us more about how it's developed and evolved since she adopted it from Nadia. But in addition to Ariana helping out with EHF prior with Nadia and then taking it on as her own, as Nadia started Icaria and Honest Wear, Ariana... CBD, yep, CBD yep, oil lady yep, who we had on, yep. Yeah, so if you want to check out Nadia's episode, I highly recommend it. And it's very influential and definitely um informative for men and for women but definitely more female focused and in terms of or female you know what I mean anyways okay so Ariana is down to earth super chill very entrepreneurial boss woman and has a background as a breathwork facilitator I saw that mindfulness coach marketing and business starting your own ventures whatever they might be and also has a background in reiki which i learned that we went through the same reiki trainer mm. um, and so there that's how i kind of got reminded of ariana and wanted to reconnect and she's also a fitness coach and spin teacher um, and trainer so she actually was someone that I referred to a studio that offered spin classes and she was hired for that studio. And so since then, we haven't really been in touch as much, but that's why I wanted to have her on the show as she'll be coming on any minute now. And I'm really excited to kind of see what she's up to and how she's been pivoting again, because it's, it's relevant during COVID. And how that, that's a good word for this year, pivot. <laughs> yeah, pivot, adjust, mm-hmm. how her resilience, and then how she's also really built her own Instagram following and brand with the marketing tools and resources she has to share. And the tools that I think are very important for our community right now uh, in managing stress, managing time, and how do we set ourselves up for our success in our future once COVID has transition into a more sustainable lifestyle that we apparently used to live almost 10 months ago. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I noticed I I hopped on her website um, and she had her own podcast. Yes, that's right. She, she did. um, She just did one episode. I saw that she hadn't done one in like eight months and she just did. Oh, there she is. I love you. Hero's voice always goes up like two octaves every time someone hops on. I love it. Hi! I can't even do that. (laughs) I know, right? I can't scream or shriek like most dumb men and most women I notice can, but when it gets excited, I'm like the gay gasp, boom, it's on. Great. It's great. (laughs) Amazing. It wakes me up and gets me stoked to be here. Right? Oh, that'd be a good alarm. 
actually oh my god i could be like in the I morning like, i can be like the canadian <laughs> non-famous version of jonathan van ness yes <laughs> go for it i think you could do it a little less facial hair oh hero did you freeze i think he may oh my goodness that's the first time that's happened. Look, it's cool. It's quite, quite a gorgeous freeze, though. It is. <laughs> Zoom freezes are not the, the most. They're not usually that good. No. Oh, my goodness. That is, that's a first. Look at that. Nice <laughs> to meet you, Ariane. <laughs> good to meet you. Um, I might be next in line for the freezing. I had a few calls yesterday that didn't, and then it happened. Oh, goodness. I'm just going to text and say, you froze. You're gorgeous. <laughs> Um, and I guess, uh, sign out and sign. Oh, he's nope. signed. there we go. <laughs> and then there were two. I like your background there. I oh, like your you. little, um, is it a, oh my God, not a hexagon. It's a, uh, how many sides? Six One, sides. Two, three, four, five, six. Which would be hexagon is five and six. I have no freaking idea what that is. I don't know. My partner's <laughs> super geometry and stuff. He would know all of that. I, that, that's not my area of expertise. Not your bag. I thought it was pretty. It is pretty. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been doing this morning thus far? Um, I woke up at eight o'clock. I took my dog for a sure. walk. I put some makeup on and now I'm here. Nice. <laughs> it's beautiful. Good morning. Yes. No, that's good. That's mm. good. Yeah. And so I listened uh, to um, almost the whole thing, not the whole thing, I hate to say, because I was running on empty last night of your most recent podcast episode, because you hadn't done one in what, like, it's, it's been uh, a long time. A long time. Yeah. 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 I, um, I love, I had my podcast for about two years and then I just, you know, as you know, it, it takes a lot of energy and effort and things like that. And so I needed to take yes, a break and uh, yep. I felt like running my mouth a little bit back in the spring. So it just <laughs> fitting to do one more episode. Oh, that was, a, that was from the spring. I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes, yeah, I guess that makes sense. We're like almost pretty much in the exact same position as we were in the spring. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Which I don't know if anyone really knew that, but mm -hmm. that is so funny. Oh, hero. Technology, hey? Technology, I know. He's, well, he'll, he'll, he's pretty open about saying he's not into technology as much as I am, but yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so no, that's cool. Oh, there he is. Oh, but now you're on the bottom. <laughs> Oh, figuring things out, connecting to audio. Connecting. There he is. Yay. Okay. I think I figured and out what was going on. What, what happened? And now, now you're on the bottom. I don't know how to, I don't know if you could rearrange these squares. I feel like you can drag. Yeah. So I can drag myself down on my screen. I don't know if that changes. Um, I can't even, I don't even know. And then on my phone, I just scroll to the right and now it shows gallery view on my phone. Oh, you had to go on your phone. I think what happened was. <clears throat> is that hold on a second now now is it working hold on well i okay. can this is fine because we can see you and hear you fine well good because i use i use novus um like novus wi-fi it's a vancouver based um 
like Never West End or West Side internet service. And I remember reading an email saying something on Wednesday that they might be down for service, but they don't usually go down for service during work hours. It's usually like, you know, between mid 11, yeah. 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. So that's, I think that's what, what it is. That's okay, all. Okay, Novus. So thanks, Novus. Sorry, Novus, but yeah, not going to give you a, a decent plug there. <laughs> no, but it's, it's funny because one of our future guests actually used to work for Novus, so that's really funny. No. Yeah, Deidre Siriani. Oh, anyways, funny. Anyway, yes. So was, anyways, now that we're all good and yes. hopefully this translates good audio-wise and video-wise in post-production. You sound, you sound fine. Um, okay, fantastic. Thank I you. Just, I was just asking, is it, okay, Ariana or Ariana? Ariana. 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 Okay. That's what awesome. I thought, but like, you know, and then you got the Kristens and the Kirstens and the Kirstens and like, you just. Totally. <laughs> Everyone likes to, I get like Ariana, Ariana, like all the different things. Yeah. Yeah. Ariana. Exactly. So we, but you're a venti, not a grande. So. <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> we. <laughs> I, um, yes, too. But yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Um, oh, now I do. Ariana Grande. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow, that took me a while. Uh, I just was asking Ariana if um, about her podcast, which her episode that she did in the spring was the last one she had done, but she hadn't done one in quite a while. And um, we were just chatting about that. So just catching you up a little bit. Yes, that's fantastic. So when we um when so Rachel and I always chat a little bit before the show um, starts with our guests. So I just kind of gave her a brief summary of how you and I connected initially a few years ago, maybe even longer, maybe it was like four years ago, and um, how I met you through Nadia and through EHF, and then we were that you and I. Well, actually, I didn't mention this part to Rachel. I thought I would wait until you came on, but you and I sat down. Um, we went for bubble tea. I remember at chat time and we were talking about um, entrepreneurialism and I think getting into studios or getting established with personal training and doing routines for different groups of people. And I think that's what it was. I think you were starting to train a group of people and you were used to training like one or two or three people and you were doing a circuit setup and you were asking me, how would you do that for multiple groups of people um, or a larger setting of people? I think that's how we first met Mm -hmm. and you wanted my insight. So that was really neat to kind of get to know you in that context. And then that's how we started to forge our connection and understanding of the industry and where we're at. And then I think I also uh, knew you taught spin. So then I saw that you might be interested in teaching in studios for spin. And then we connected on that as well. And then from there, we kind of just kept in touch. And then um, not to open up a can of worms because I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Then I did my Reiki training. And then there was also another connection to you through my Reiki training. So, cause I did my training with Meltem. Oh, right. And so you were, you did your training with my partner, Jordan then, right? That's correct. That's right. correct. Yes. And right. so then I'm like, oh my God, like what a small world. Like how's, how is Ariana? And so then again, I'm like, okay, right. Like this is so neat how small the world is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Especially- so then- especially when it comes to like holistic healing and health and those kinds of things in Vancouver, I find that it's, uh, it can be a bit of a small world. There's always like maybe not even one degree of separation. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Yeah, (laughs) I totally agree. So 
when we were starting getting juicy in the podcast and then I thought about Nadia, I also automatically thought about about yourself. And I've been following your Instagram, following what you've been doing. And I think it's really impressive and remarkable what you've created, what you've established for yourself and what you continue to do. And so I think it would be a really interesting conversation to understand kind of how that all came about and what have been some of the experiences so far and where has it continued to evolve and to um, transpire? Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can of worms. Not, sure. It's like, yeah, not, not, a, not a big question at all. Just, just, <laughs> just everything, everything. <laughs> we get juicy and we go deep. We destroy it. the box. No, it's perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, yeah. That's good. I'm going to zip my mouth. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, where do you want me to start with that? Right. I- <laughs> yeah. Well, how about let's narrow start it down, with, Hero. Let's start um, <laughs> with your your initial interest in health and wellness, and whether it was it from a personal journey, or in addition, was it from something that was outside of yourself that inspired you to learn more and become inspired to become more masterful in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good question. Um, I think like my whole life, I've been really active. I was a competitive dancer and figure skater growing up. Um, Very like type A Capricorn energy kind of things, like really like to just push myself and push my body. Um, I kind of fell out of that when I was about 14 or 15, as you usually do, you know, sports Mm -hmm. that you start when you're young, you tend to not carry through a lot through high school and whatnot. Um, and I rediscovered fitness on a, on a really deep level when I was 23. Um, I had struggled with drug and alcohol addiction for 10 years prior to that. Mm. And when I got sober, I, I had no idea what to do with my time. I was like, what do people do on a Monday afternoon if they don't go to the bar? So I just decided to start, um, trying working out at home, going to the gym, started setting really small goals for myself. Like I'm going to try a spin class today, or I'm going to talk to somebody that I don't know. And through, through setting those goals, through reconnecting with my body, I started to reconnect with myself and to build that confidence. And that was something that I hadn't experienced in a really, really long time. So yeah, it was such a, such a potent part of my sobriety journey in a year after. So it was January, 2012 when I got sober. And then in January of 2013, I looked back at like who I was then and then who I was a year before. And I was like a completely different person. And so I didn't know, um, I didn't think that I was going to help people with their sobriety journeys or anything like that, but fitness had just had such a transformative power over my life. And I wanted to see how I could bring that to other people. So I got Mm -hmm. certified as a trainer, not knowing anything about business or what I was going to do, but that was really what led me to want to, I guess, bring this to the people. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So did I didn't you know that that's amazing. That's, that is amazing. So did you at the time when you first started, was your goal to specifically not maybe for lack of a better word, but target people that were going through similar um, situation as you like, did you do any mental health or counseling training or was there anything, nothing? No, no. Yeah. And I didn't want to go down that route because, um, you know, sobriety is, um, it's a very different journey for everybody, right? It's one that's not linear. Um, And again, there's definitely that component of needing to make sure that you're qualified to support people within those journeys. Right. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was just like 
yeah, fitness and super <laughs> stoked about it. And I was like, I will just train whoever will work with me. So I right. put ads on Craigslist and had super weird people come to work with me. And things from like Craigslist, that. no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, funny. Yeah. Would not suggest that these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just really, really passionate about it. And I thought, you know, um, hmm. I looked back and I was not a great person when I was drinking. And when I was sober, I was actually a really nice person. I was really helpful. I was really kind. And I thought, wow, if fitness can like do that for me, if it can take me from being um, kind of a dirtbag to being someone who really does want to support people and be of service, like how could I help maybe a mom who's feeling run down and is not mm-hmm. able to be present for her kids? How could I support somebody who's maybe not showing up fully in their job and they're not speaking their mind? So that was really my intention was to support people in taking better care of themselves so that they could wow. then go out and fulfill the roles that life asked of them. That's amazing. Oh, awesome. Amazing. And that just, you know, comes back to your intention of being there of service with the people. Mm-hmm. and sharing yeah. your your lessons and your life experiences with those and then letting them pay it forward so it creates that ripple effect which i think is what we all try to do with what we mean with service mm-hmm. are you and i can only assume but again just an assumption that since covid like well, actually i should ask prior to some of the shutdowns and the restrictions and those kinds of things were you mostly teaching one-on-ones are you doing private so it's kind of like a a combination of everything or yeah so my my business has evolved a lot because it was um like early 2013 when I started like kind of end of 2012 early 2013 um Mm -hmm. and so my business has evolved a lot I haven't really actively been growing the personal training side of my business probably since 2017 um I got trained as a life coach in 2017 I realized that a lot of the the folks who were coming to work with me weren't competitive athletes like wanting to take things to the next level Mm -hmm. they were again just very real people who had information had tools and they weren't using them and so I wanted to give them the resources to be able to um, be self-sufficient so that they didn't always need to come see a personal trainer So I started doing that. I got into business coaching. Um, Last year, I got into offering breath work. And so this year, um, my personal training practice was already pretty small. I had about four one-on-one clients. And I had a group of women who I trained for small group personal training. And we had two groups of six women training twice a week with another trainer working for me, helping me run that. Right. Um, when things shut down, we moved everything online and I'm really grateful that a, I was able to find a way to make things work and B mm-hmm. that everyone was on board and we were still able to like, yeah. keep the community going and things like that. And then as the, as the summer kind of progressed, I started to realize, you know, I have a lot of things that I want to be doing with my business and with my impact and, I thought that I could just keep working with my clients and, you know, not try to grow that side, but just kind of bring them with me while still working towards these future things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that, um, by like clinging on to the past, there was also a very energetic component where I was like clinging on to like a past version of myself almost. And like, Mm. I had to let go of this thing that I really loved doing, um, so that I could also let go of that part of me. And then so I could continue to move forward and do some of these other things that I'm really feeling called to do. So end of October was when I let go of training. So it's only been a few. Oh, weeks. wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. Wow. It was a, yeah. It was a big transition. I have a lot more free time now. Right. Um, I don't know what to do with this. Thing, but. Amazing. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've got a quite an entrepreneurial spirit. I'm sure you'll be just fine. Cool. <laughs> It's very easy for me to find things to do. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, and you need to be um, self-sufficient and innovative and, and resilient and perseverant. I think, what was, what was the thing that I came up with? I have a, I came up with my own kind of manifesto and I and it's, I either call it part or trap. I don't know, but either way, but, <laughs> but, but it's perseverance, ambition, resilience, and tenacity. Mm, love it because mm. those four things are the anchor of what I've had to establish in my own life as a contractor and now as an employee and balancing both and then as we pivot through COVID you need those skill sets and those qualities to really be self-sufficient with being on your own because if yeah. you don't have those skills how are you supposed to how are you supposed to pivot how are you supposed to be um, find new opportunities when the, there might not be opportunity it, it falls on you. Oh, yeah. And then another word that comes to mind for me is adaptability. Yes. That is, has been huge uh, this year, I think, for a lot of people. And it's, you know, it's adaptability is something that usually people have some time to work up to, you know, expressing or exploring. But it's basically mm -hmm. like with the pandemic, it was like, no, got to be adaptable, like now. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think that's um, definitely rocked I was gonna say rocked people's world um put people off kilter whatever you want to say <laughs> oh yes and if you look at the um the yoga studio fitness studio business the public studio um business model gyms and stuff and how they were supposed to reopen mm -hmm. um like last Thursday and some of them opened up for a few days and now they've been ordered the close closed again. yeah right and so to have these types of business models that are not sustainable when it comes to a state of emergency and when they're offering um, modalities like spin and hot yoga and things that exert and that spew all the things that we're trying to prevent because yeah. of science and based on health and fact. And yet, understandably, you're a business that is trying to financially sustain yourself. And so, of course, you're going to do anything you can possibly do to stay open. But from the very beginning... I said, and I'm not concerned about how vocal I am about this, you shouldn't be open anyways. You should be virtual only and let go of your leases or find the support you can to maintain enough of your lease. So this way, when you can reopen, you can actually operate your business, even if you're in a deficit. It's, yeah. And not to, well, kind of play devil, devil's advocate, but I've no, been but you there. Can, I've, had, yeah, I've owned a studio, small studio, but sometimes, I mean there's so many more layers in that there's you know there's a lease you don't know if you yep. can get out of your lease um i know a lot of landlords i don't know the situation right now i think a lot of them were given some flexibility with their um, tenants and those kinds of things but mm -hmm. there yeah there's there's a lot there's there's a shit ton more to it but i do hear what you're saying and i feel like that could be a good segue to asking ariana about because mm -hmm. you said you do business coaching correct mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how has that changed for you with, I guess, your focus with your clients since COVID? Like what, what's changed or what, I mean, yeah. <laughs> have you, have you, have you become more of a therapist, even though you probably didn't know you were? 
going yeah. to be. I don't know. <laughs> in, in all of my work, there's always really been that very like human centered approach. Um, and so yeah. even with business, my philosophy has always been, you know, the marketing strategy is only as strong as the human behind it. Our um, ability to mm. fulfill our dreams, to bring in the clients that we want to work with, to find the new spaces that we want to work within. Ultimately, if we can't do that from a place of wholeness, from a place of trusting ourselves, from um, moving through those places of self-doubt, it's actually not really going to be that effective. So mm. there's always been a very like personal component into the work that I do. Um, definitely more so over the last few months. Um, there's been a lot uh, of support through crisis management, things mm -hmm. like that. But I actually feel really fortunate to have been on, I guess, kind of like the back end of a lot of businesses, because you hear about small businesses that are crumbling, and they're under all of this pressure to keep things going. And I'm really fortunate that I've actually seen a lot of people really thriving. And yes, there have been difficult wow. moments in the sense of not, um, you know, maybe having to pivot, like you said, or to adapt. Adapt is actually, especially with things like this, is an approach I like to take more because that pivot, um, there were so many people in the beginning and they're like, well, I worked offline and now I work online. So I got to redo my website and like redo all of this stuff. But it's like, right. eventually things will change, right? And then you're going to have to like repivot again. again. So let's That's just true. let's ride that wave and just kind of adapt as things go. Um, but yeah, to be able to witness people having to maybe go through the uncomfortable moments of letting go of things that they actually didn't really want to be doing to then create space to go after their dreams. I had tons of people who lost jobs, but were getting money through CERB. And they were like, this is a perfect time for me to actually start doing what I want to do. So where do I start? Mm, that's what I did. Amazing. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I was, uh, not to bring it, not, not to bring it to me. I just, I can relate to that, but, um, God, I'm so bad at, at making a long story short. Um, just before COVID, let's just say I was working in the wine industry as a merchandiser up in the Okanagan. So I was in the sales realm of, of retail wine working for Peller. So Andrew Peller, who owns like Grey Monk Winery and Copper Moon and like a lot, a lot of different wineries. And so I was on the road all the time and I've got a background in sales. So that's kind of where I was headed. But I realized that since having my yoga studio, and we'll have another episode about this because we haven't actually talked about the yoga studio I had and, and the, for lack of better words, some of the trauma that I dealt with with that. Um, but I was laid off temporarily from this job that I have up here and then realized that I was neglecting all the creative and the, and the holistic and the yoga that I kind of just literally abandoned because I was so traumatized by something. I was, it just kind of made me realize I was ready to come back to it in a, in a different way. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah. So now, I mean, I'm also doing, um, what I also love to do is social media marketing and online marketing and, and those kinds of things. So I'm doing that as well for some businesses and just, uh, reevaluated and took a step back and, you know, sometimes you got to recreate yourself, but, um, just do it in a, in a different way that, maybe you weren't doing before. So mm -hmm. anyway, yeah. enough about me. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can relate to that completely. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And one thing I want to ask you as well, Ariana, is the, 
again, in terms of adaptability and growth and everything, um, I mean, you've grown in your Instagram platform really um, incredibly, especially since I've seen it develop. And you did have a podcast and you are a breathwork facilitator. And so how have you been integrating these different skills and resources, these different tools that have helped you to with other people um, mm-hmm. through COVID, I would say? How have you, how have you applied those skills? Yeah, great question. Um, so again, I feel I feel fortunate for many, many things. But one of the things I feel really grateful for is, um, you know, I'm in a position where I can support folks if they um, maybe don't have the means or don't have the finances or feel um, financially unable to invest in things. So, you know, I did a lot of um, free online breathwork offerings throughout COVID, um, was able to wow. subsidize some of my clients' rates when needed, took on some clients just because I had the time, you know, we were all home and everything like that. So to be able to support people in that way. Um And then breathwork is one of those things, you know, I think because it's relatively new in the mainstream, people, Mm -hmm. people go out to seek breathwork, but ultimately what I view breathwork as is simply another tool that I have in my toolbox. And Mm -hmm. what I really love is when somebody comes to me and they have something that they want to work towards, um, we can use the things that I have in my toolbox. So whether that's coaching, whether that's having the strategic understanding of business, being able to bring in breath work when we're coming up against some trauma or something that's holding them back from being able to move forward, plus some of the other energy healing modalities that I work with, some weird stuff, but also really fun stuff. Um, cool. And to just be able to kind of pick and choose from those when they are needed um, to be able to support folks. And, you know, breath work, especially from it's have either of you ever done like conscious connected breath work? I don't know the term, but that's what I was going to say. Okay. I, I'm guessing I have, but not. I'm guessing I, I have too. Like, is it some sort of mindfulness breathing? It's, it's a little I, different. Okay. Um, so typically, you know, if you've, if you have gone to say a breathwork circle where you're like lying in a circle or you're in like a yoga studio and you're all lying on your mat and you're breathing for like 45 minutes to an hour and you can have like really big emotional releases. You can sometimes um, get into altered states of consciousness. I've had people tell me that they've gone swimming with dolphins before Aww. and things like that. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so, you know, when we do that for longer periods of time, it really is potent because it does open us up to healing a lot of our wounds and accessing a lot of our insights and information that we may not be able to access in an ordinary state. But from purely from the nervous system standpoint, it's so beneficial for regulating our nervous system, um, teaching us to respond to stress when needed and teaching us to come out of stress when the stressor is no longer there. And especially Mm. in our world right now where it's like, there's something and then, you know, we have like a day of being calm and then there's like another thing being able to like support people in regulating themselves and working with the, the intelligence of their bodies to not always have to be in this state of fight or flight has been really, really special throughout this. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. Yeah. And for those of us that live with, chronic anxiety and mental health conditions that already mm-hmm. make it more challenging to regulate. And then in addition to those that are maybe feeling these things for the first time, because COVID has somehow triggered it and they don't know what the hell it is, which story that you're going through that, but Hey, welcome to, welcome to our whole life story. Right? <laughs> um, like legitimately mm-hmm. the fact that you can be a beacon for those people to realize that it's okay to feel the way that they feel that they're human 
that they're natural, but here's ways that we can help you with it and that you can actually become self-sufficient and in control of your own experience and your emotional regulation and distress tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I love? I'm seeing so many posts now on social media with, um, from people who maybe have lived with, uh, mental health, uh, challenges throughout their lives prior to all this and who are now using themselves as like a tool for those that never had dealt with it that are dealing with it now and they're just they're putting out these beautiful words and posts just you know you're not alone like we know how this you know this is this is pretty normal like it's it's okay and it's like you know all these people that maybe um had to rely on others to boost them up like myself too with mental health but now it's like people that had these challenges are now being able to help others, Hmm. which is kind of cool. Like I'm I'm just, I'm noticing Mm -hmm. that more and more. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, What I was also wondering about is how is EHF doing? Um, Are you still running it? Is it still in existence and how has it evolved since from me being part of it with Nadia how has it shifted and evolved over the last few years? Can I, what does that stand for again? Entrepreneurs in Health and Fitness. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so EHF, we actually laid EHF to rest at the end of October and really just kind of like went through a, a rebrand from it. Um, yes. So essentially it is still still going under a different name. Um, we're now the 5D Business Collective. And it's definitely evolved. Um, you know, I think as I kind of alluded to within my own practice, I, I recognize that it was not always just about the movement and the nutrition. You know, there was definitely a very like emotional well-being component, mental well-being, and even a very spiritual component to my client's health. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with business as well, right? Like it's not just about sales and marketing and what our Instagram looks like. It's like mm-hmm. what's... Um, what is our mental state when we're going and putting ourselves out there? How are we feeling about our businesses? What are we trying to, to gain from our businesses that we could actually be cultivating from within? So just as with my um, business coaching clients and how I really take that human-centered approach with the 5D Business Collective, we are still supporting folks in growing their businesses, but we're also providing support for like the human being who's behind the business, um, providing those spaces where they can connect with one another, talk about what's coming up for them, and also teaching business from um, what I believe is is the the lens that's needed. So really bringing in this understanding of trauma, both Mm -hmm. with how it impacts us as business owners, but how it affects our communities and being able to be mindful of that when we market ourselves and our services and when we engage in sales conversations. Um, beginning to break out of the norms of what a lot of the online business gurus are teaching around marketing and what things are supposed to look like and how to brand yourself and essentially just allowing folks to give themselves the permission slips that they've been looking for to do things in a way that works for them and feels good for them, even if it goes outside of what they've been taught up to this point. So it's less of like, trainers and nutritionists, which is mostly what EHF was before. And mm-hmm. now we, we actually have quite a few spiritual practitioners in there, energy healers. We still have some trainers and nutritionists who are taking their work a little bit deeper with their clients. And it's still a very new, um, very new thing. It was only end of October that we made this, this switch. Okay. 
but it's been a long time coming and we've been seeing more and more people from, uh, from these new mindsets coming into the community and the feedback's been really positive so far. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm assuming, is there a new website too? We'll, we'll, we'll share all this in yeah, the new notes. Website. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Wow. Cool. Okay. So that's new for me because I remember I got the last newsletter, so I wasn't aware. I mean, it was probably in the newsletter, but for those that watch the podcast and listen to the podcast, people know that I don't read. So, um, of course, when I see them, like, okay, cool. Awesome. It's still around. But, um, oh, Rachel, you're just like, oh, hero. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I just... But, um, <laughs> If it's, if it's, um, if it's extremely important, you will. Yes, exactly. Cause I've got, I've gotten you to read some things, <laughs> which I'm pretty proud of myself to get you to read a couple things, but anyway. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Um, so with everything happening with the 5d project and the platform and the network that it is, um, what would you like to see with its development and kind of what, who else is behind it? You kind of, you alluded to, the different kind of specialties that people offer, but who are some of the people that also are um, part of it that you find are really making an impact with helping other people, including yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, first I, I have to give a huge shout out to my social media manager, Courtney, and she does so much more than create content for our social media, but she's absolutely amazing with engaging the community. Um, if you check out our Instagram, she's the one who's like doing all of our really cool stories that like move and have videos. And I have no idea how she does them, but they're amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And creates all of our content. She's been really, really beneficial, um, and really helpful in, kind of holding me accountable in changing this direction. You know, it's comfortable to just keep doing things as you've always done. So it's been really great to have her by my side. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would say we've got Courtney, who's been both like from the back end and being really helpful with engaging the community. Um, Lisa, she is a craniosacral therapist. She works with highly sensitives, um, helping them learn to regulate their nervous systems. Very different approach than what I take with breath work, but she works with flower essences, things like that. Her Instagram cool. is combination healing. Cool. Um, wow. Yeah, really, really cool work that she does. Craniosacrals, I think, totally undervalued, maybe. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It is. It is amazing. Yeah. Well, my my understanding of, of craniosacral is that it's it's actually the the seed of chiropractic practice as well as osteopathic practice. Yeah, like and it, 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 like it has connects both, to RMT. Right? It connects to massage therapy too. Like, there's a lot of massage yeah. therapists that will add craniosacral onto their their roster of techniques and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that's phenomenal. That. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just was, I was just acknowledging that's phenomenal. Please, mm -hmm. please. What, what were you going to say? Um, I think just because it's gentle, we like tend to poo poo things that don't make us feel like we got beat up totally. the session. Right. But it's like, it yeah. can actually be really, really potent and it doesn't yeah. be painful. No, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, when it comes to energy healing and things like that, you know, and again, I talk about this all the time. I'm, I'm one of the, the, the minority of, especially if you take 
my age bracket or my demographic, my gender, like all the things that we can't change of ourselves. I'm one of the few people that actually does what I do within what I'm specialized in and what I love to share with people. And that's just a fact. As far as let's take in terms of Vancouver, let's talk about like the immediate city. I can only think of a handful of people that might do something similar and that are not even the same reach as I might reach. So when you talk about like stuff that's gentle, stuff that's therapeutic, that's not trying mm -hmm. to beat you up or give you, you know, that's not going to make you throw up at the end of the day or in 45 mm -hmm. minutes because there's many activities like spin or extreme Pilates or high intensity fitness and stuff with people. Or that hot don't, yoga. Yeah. And <laughs> things that people don't know how to regulate or how to do it safely or how to pace themselves is probably a good way of putting it too, to know their limit. Um, I can't stress the importance of rest and recovery and healing and slowing down and listening and stillness while you actually are moving inside because people don't realize that when you're still, you don't stop. Everything inside you is still moving and actually becomes more accelerated because you have an ability to listen and to process. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's starting to be a little bit more understood that um, we don't just need the the crazy cardio. Like I think, especially with the pandemic, I feel like just because mental health has been more prevalent right now, I think people are re realizing that, you know, softer approaches like meditation and mindfulness and like you said, breath work and, you know, the the yin or the, the restorative yoga or like those things are starting to be much more valued and much more... Um, realizing how potent they really are more than yeah. just, I mean, don't get me wrong. We also need to sweat, right? We need to release those toxins. We need to, that's phenomenal for our, our minds as well. But yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's um, those things like high intensity training and everything like that. Like it's all great for us. It's really good for the body. But again, when we're over, sure. when we're overindulging, you know, what's the agenda behind that? What's causing us to feel like we have to constantly push ourselves that much? What are we running away from? And I feel like as we continue mm -hmm. to kind of dismantle these patriarchal and capitalistic norms that we're operating within and we allow ourselves to slow down and not attach our self-worth to like how hard we're working and all of those kinds of things, um, this, this embracing that we're already starting to see will continue to increase. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. No, it's so true. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to want to add, Rachel? Anything that's coming to your mind? Uh, no, I've been, I've been, you know, oh, I just knocked my table. Um, you know, as, as we go along, like there's definitely things that pop into my mind, which is what I, what we end up talking about, which is great. I mean, um, not, not really. Thanks for putting me on the spot. No, I'm just kidding. You're welcome. Well, no, because, because there's a lot of floating thoughts that are coming through my mind as you're discussing and sharing these observations, yeah. Ariana. And the one thing that I keep thinking about is, what have you learned about yourself from your evolution in coaching in through high stress periods, through moments where we have had to adapt? Because I know that we've talked a little bit about the people that you've helped and the businesses that you've helped, but what have been some changes in yourself that you've noticed and how have you observed them and or applied them to your life now and going forwards? A really good question and I feel like I need to like un unravel the piece of paper to be like well I learned this 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 and that <laughs> um, Please do. yeah I think 
two things that really come to mind here. The, the main one is even after I got sober, um, you know, fitness kind of took over in terms of like not fully dealing with what was below the surface. And then it was with work and busyness. And again, this, as I've spoken to this idea of attaching my self-worth to my output and things like that. And so learning to detach myself from these things, which is not a linear process, I still have days where I catch myself wanting to um, work more and do more. And I have to really check in and ask what that intention behind it is. But being able to really find wholeness from, from within. And I know that when I say that, we can hear these words and these concepts and they can just seem like these kind of like airy fairy things. And everyone talks about like, you know, you're worthy and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, I I want to acknowledge that we all have had very different experiences that have led us to to look to others or to things outside of ourselves to find our measures of self-worth. And so being able to um, be patient with myself and understand that this is something that like you know I could understand it logically but it might take some time before it really like lands within me um that was a really big thing for me and really embracing this idea of slowness as we've been talking about you know I trained I used to train for triathlons half marathons I loved working out super super hard pushing my body and that's actually not how I'm meant to operate. And Mm. for a really long time, I thought there was something wrong with me that, you know, I, I just needed to dial in my nutrition better, or I needed to sleep better. And then I'd be able to perform at these super high levels. And I've thrown myself into physical and mental burnout quite a few times. And I think I just have a body and an energetic system that might be a little bit more sensitive than other people's. Right. And so being okay with sleeping in until eight o'clock on a weekday, like I've learned this <laughs> year to not, I don't usually book things before 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. so that I can sleep as long as I need to and have my slow mornings and do what I need to do for me so that I can then go out and do all of these other things for other people that I love to do. And so, yeah, learning that about me and then like giving myself the permission and also recognizing my privilege. I recognize, I know that not everyone can like <laughs> can do that. start work and don't <laughs> Yeah. Um, but there are things that we all have available to us that allow us to work with ourselves in, in little and different ways. Kane, okay, see, now I have a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, or A, do you feel like um, when you became sober that you were almost substituting one extreme for another extreme, which is to push your body so hard that physically with Mm -hmm. exercise that it was almost akin to drugs and alcohol. And and so it was almost like there was a substitution with something else that was definitely healthier, but it was another extreme. Oh, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even with work, right. Like when I was building, right. business, I was still working full time. I was working 17 hours a day for like two years, like not, not a good thing. Jeez. To do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then my other question is, um, did you, did you go to any meetings? Was there, is that something that you like AA meetings? Was that something that you I did not. Did so, not. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Back, you know, AA at the time, um, I, I didn't consider myself a spiritual person. Um, and looking at some of the, 
the tenants that were shared within AA, they didn't resonate with me. And um, I didn't know where else to find groups and things like that. So this was back when forums were a big thing. And I used to be yep. out in forums <laughs> and I would read people's stories, talk to people. And that was kind of where I got my, my connection in those early days. Um, it's interesting. A couple, when was it? 2018, end of 2018, somebody had suggested I, um, I actually start looking for sobriety groups at this point. Um, not because alcohol was, um, was a factor in my life at that point, but just to deepen in, into that recovery process. Right. And it's something that I'm still open to and I explore now and then, but I feel pretty solid within the different groups and uh, communities that I support myself within, even though, um, substance abuse isn't a main focus, you know, everyone kind of comes in with their own bag of stuff that they're working through. And there's a lot of parallels, even if it's not similar to what I've been through. So it's not something I'm against, um, but just not something I've done yet. I think that's actually, it's a good thing for people to hear that because it's, you know, I think that when people think of maybe having these substance abuse issues or, you know, uh, ch those kinds of challenges, the first thing they might think of is AA or those kinds of ways of, of, um, helping yourself and, and heal, but there are so many other avenues. It's not just black or white, right? So mm -hmm. it's great to hear your journey. And just so people know that there's, you know, if one thing didn't work for them, it doesn't mean that there's not something else. Yeah. And there, out there. there's so. alternatives to AA now too. I don't know the names of them, but if you Google like alternative to AA, there are some that, um, they have a very different, yeah, very different That's approach in, in how they, they work with things. So That's good. Yeah, because yeah. I also have come across uh, a good amount of people. And, you know, I actually totally see the correlation. I really do. I see a lot of people in when I was really in the studio community, because I'm not anymore and I, I don't miss it. But when I was in <laughs> that community and seeing so many people, you get a lot of that demographic and a lot of that community because it mm -hmm. is a place that people turn to for um, holistic healing that turn to it for self-reflection, mm -hmm. that turn to the exploration of their mind and reconnecting to their bodies and being in a safe yeah. space where they can let go. And so I've had some conversations with them as well and understanding what has been effective for their health and their wellness and their road to their own recovery because it's going to look different for every single person and what they identify with as that term. And so many have expressed, yeah, you know, I had to go to AA or I do go to um, if, even like other groups that are affiliated with AA. Mm -hmm. And so, and some do say that they really identify and some people say that they don't, you know, and one of the cool things that has come up through this whole experience of people that I've met is that there are programs that are specified for recovery, like, um, what is it called? Um, Y12SR. Mm. which is um, mm -hmm. yoga for, that's for 12 steps of recovery. Oh, cool. Which is really, really neat. Um, mm. I'll give him a shout out because I think he's an incredible human being in our Vancouver community that is that's really neat. Yeah. a pioneer for this um, specialty of yoga teaching, Timothy Bang, who is part of the LGBTQ community and does teach in some studios in our, in our city as well. So, 
whoever is being reached, if you're watching this and you're curious about what Y12SR is, I know very minimal about it because it's very foreign to what my background is or my community is. Timothy Bang or Tim Bang Boom, I think is his Instagram hey, handle. <laughs> um, check him out. I think he would really um, be a good resource for you. But back to you, Ariana. I'm really curious to know, again, in addition to what you just answered, Rachel, you said an, another couple of things that came to mind as well, yeah, mm -hmm. that you wanted to ask? Oh, no, th those, there were, I kind of they were, they were said combined. Them. Yeah, they were combined, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in well, that... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, were they? No, there was the only other thing, I mean you know, we're kind of past it now, but uh, Ariana, you were talking about how just giving yourself permission, sorry, Hero, but you did trigger something. Um, you were talking about giving yourself permission to, you know, listen to your body, sleep until eight o'clock if, if that's what your body needs. You know, don't feel guilty or bad that you're doing these things because maybe that's not the norm. I guess this is more of a, a general conversation maybe, but I it drives me crazy how like, we, we always, even nowadays, still feel like we need to fit into this box of like the nine to five job and the, you know, the house, the picket fence and kids and a dog. And like it, it, that stuff is still very much ingrained in a lot of us that if we're not doing those things, then what's wrong with us? Or like how, so I guess my question maybe for you is how did you, how did you get over that hump and just be um, like listen to yourself and be okay with that and just be true to you as to what you need mm -hmm. and not, and not beat yourself up over it because I still do that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm not perfect on that either. Right. Like, you know, it's <laughs> a beautiful day. I can see snow on the mountains. I'm like, Ooh, I have work to do, but I would really like to go out and walk in the snow. So I'm like going to figure out what I'm going to do about that after this. <laughs> um, and, and sorry. And one more thing, actually, I feel like there's, there things have changed with our generation. I can, oh, I can kind of guess that you're about early thirties, 31, 32, 30. 31. I was just, I was doing the math from before, but you know, our parents' generation, it's like, there's no way, like you don't, there's not as much play as there is now with our generation. You know, it's True. like, yeah, it's like, um, you know, I guess for them, it, it truly was like, you stay at the same job for 40, 50 years. That's just the way it was. And, you know, now that we're kind of learning, like, life isn't just that. It's not just your job. It's not just what defines you. That um, I think where a lot of us are struggling with that balance and that innate part of us that maybe was listening to the previous generations as well. So Totally. It's yeah, I, I have a lot of friends, you know, people, people who have worked with me, people very close to me in my life who have come from that kind of upbringing where, yes, you go to school, you get the job, you buy the home, you do the thing. Yeah. Um, I did grow up in, I guess, like a slightly unconventional family where that wasn't what was, um, wasn't what was relayed to me. My parents were always very supportive and just like, do what makes you happy. Um, but I also grew up in a home where we didn't have a lot of money and my family owned a restaurant and so my parents were constantly working. So I can also see where some of that like hustle workhorse tendency has, has come into play for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to your question about like, you know, how did I un unlearn some of these things and how did I start to give myself permission to actually slow down? Um, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Can I can I swear on this or is oh, it? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You should have heard me yesterday. Uh, or, or intro was I like what the fuck hero hero fuck yeah. fuck fuck yeah. Anyway, you should hear me every episode. <laughs> We've been pretty PG this episode, but anyway, yeah. That's why I thought I would ask first. No, thank you for asking. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you've probably seen these things floating around on social media where it's like it's a pivotal moment when you become sick of your own bullshit, and that's really what it was mm. for me. It was like. I, I had to slow down because I didn't have a choice. Um, you know, my body was falling apart. I was like not recovering from workouts properly. I had an eye twitch that lasted for three years. And oh. let me tell you, that gets really annoying. But then also when it goes away, it's like, oh, I feel like I've lost a part of myself. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, dealing with these injuries that I couldn't get over, um, that stupid eye twitch, hormonal imbalances where it was like, I would have, you know, maybe eight weeks of what would be considered really intense PMS. And I'd have one week where I would feel okay. And then it would be like eight weeks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Yep. Yeah. So wow. it sucked. And, um, I started, I tried all of these different things of like supplements and changing my eating and all that kind of stuff. And it was really once I like, I stopped exercising, like just would go for walks rather than like doing my workouts and things like that. And I, I, I had to do it because I was forced to do it. And then once I started to see how I actually started to feel better and how my eye twitch wouldn't happen on days when I didn't have my alarm set for four o'clock in the morning, um, it was a really big indicator to me that there was something to that. And that if I wanted to be active for my whole life, if I wanted to make the impact that I want to make and support the people that I want to support for the long term, I need to change something now because at the rate that I was going at, there's no way in hell that I'd be able to keep doing that in 10 years. That is a huge takeaway. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, I was, yeah. and I was also going to ask, because um, we didn't really... Um, inquire about you know Ariana growing up Ariana through adolescence Ariana through young adulthood um, <laughs> is there anything you want to add to the story that we've learned about you so far in this hour and how that has translated to now kind of learn lessons or and you kind of alluded to it but is there anything more that you would be interested or that you think our listeners would be compelled to hear or to that might help them yeah I think um And I I share this just in case there's any folks who maybe have children or who want to have children. And I love seeing the conversation around like highly sensitive children coming in into the mainstream more. But yeah, right. And when that our Mm -hmm. parents didn't talk about this when we were growing up, no one knew about that. Mm -mm. And so I think that that um, the lack of like society's understanding around what it means to be highly sensitive as a child. And when you're just constantly told to stop being so sensitive and, you know, get your shit together and do whatever. I'm still told that sometimes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Won't say by who, but not you hero. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so when I look back now, I can see so many correlations, um, you know, again, I was a competitive dancer and figure skater. Um, There was something at some point that happened that made me feel like I needed to um, push myself to be worthy or that like, you know, the achievements that I was getting um, from school and parents praising me and things like that, that like led me to adopt more of that high achieving mindset. 
Hmm. um, which is great and can also be detrimental. And Mm -hmm. when it came to my substance abuse, um, you know, I started drinking when I was 13. And by the time I was 15, I was doing hard drugs with my friends, like on the weekends. And then by the time I graduated, I was like getting trashed at school. And at first I thought it was because I just like to party. And now looking back, I can see that a lot of those like really sensitive tendencies that I had as a young child, you get made fun of for them in high school. And a really great way to suppress any sensitivity that you're dealing with is to just numb yourself all of the time. So I think what's really important is Hmm. for folks to have an understanding of of the differences that children can have and to be able to work with them and nurture them in their own wonderful uniqueness so that hopefully the next generation that's growing up is significantly less traumatized than the one that we are currently living in right now. Hell Amen. I yes. was going to, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And actually, Ariana, um, I think I think I've mentioned this upcoming episode about a bajillion times, but because it just it all relates to what you just said too. We have a, a doctor coming on the show uh, named Dr. Rachel Yehuda, and she's from the New York City um, or the NYC Mount Sinai Hospital, like some of the hospital big hospital in New York. And her studies have been predominantly around uh, generational trauma, mm. like huge. Specifically, she's done some big studies on Holocaust survivors, and then their kids, their grandkids, and just all that stuff that's been picked up through generations. So that, I mean, what you just said, it all, you know, it's interconnected and how, how can we change that or break the chain? Yeah. Right. So I think it's beautiful that, you know, people are stepping into this healing work and they're coming home to themselves. They are finding things like Reiki or breath work or yoga or whatever that spiritual practice might be. Like, I feel like this generation that we're currently in, it's like we've carried so much baggage from our parents and our ancestors and our lineage. And we're here in this really painful time. And I think it's also why so many more millennials are dealing with mental health challenges than previous generations had, because we have so much weight on our shoulders. And we also have the ability to break those cycles. We have the resources and the ability to take this time to heal ourselves so that for our future generations, we can hopefully pass on a little bit less of that stuff. And our awareness is that much more heightened. Thankfully, also to technology and to public exposure of information that is accessible to us at an instant. Mm -hmm. Because even that being said, with the rough 10 years between all of our chronological ages and the way even in that 10 year period, things have changed dramatically and have impacted us differently. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to see that because our next generation, I have a couple cousins that are the ages of like six, seven, and then basically 13, one just about to have his bar mitzvah, which is interesting during a pandemic. But my point being (laughs) is you see the impact of technology and social awareness and, and current events and how much evolution comes from every generation that follows. And in my humble opinion, that much faster from our millennial generation onward because of how much has changed mm-hmm. in the way that we receive, transmit, and share information without any boundary or, or restriction because of our technology. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's not necessarily, I don't know if you were alluding to it, the fact that that's not necessarily a positive thing. More just as an an observation. It's an observation. Yeah. 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 I think our generation, like our millennial generation, like I'd say like from like early nineties, maybe, I think we were still kind of in a safe bubble where it wasn't so radically open to everybody just yet. And we had enough years to grow up in childhood and early teenagehood to kind of have some contrast of what was before. And I think, Rachel, you have even more contrast because you do have slightly more time to see where that shift really began, right? Like oh, you yeah. Do. Well, you yeah, do. I mean, I was born in the early 80s. So it's, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember... I don't think I ever heard the word anxiety until I was 18, 19. Right. Even though I had been dealing with and was a a sensitive child growing up, highly sensitive and definitely had probably anxiety before that. But I, but no one talked about it in school. No. Anxiety, like, no, it was none of that stuff. It was mostly just about how not to get pregnant at right. 14 years old like that was I would put a condom on a wooden stump that yeah. doesn't look anything like a penis <laughs> there we go right, right. like exactly all that shit. exactly yeah. so yeah 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 it was because of my mother and my grandmother because of their experience with mental health of why I was on medication when I was like five or six years old already and in clinical therapy and everything under the sun just to figure out what the fuck was wrong with me and my brain Wow. Had it not been yeah. from my mom's side, I wouldn't have had that. And my dad is incredible, but it's just not something my dad really grew up with in the same way that my mother did. So mm-hmm. God bless that I, I can't believe I just said that. But yeah, like having my mother and the support of my father con- uh, conjoined to find those tools early on and ongoing to now, because I'm so fucked up beyond relief. Mm-hmm. We all are. I know. Beautifully. Beautifully so. Beautifully yeah. so, though. Yeah, we're beautiful messes, as Jason Mraz likes to say. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Ariana, is there, just before we, we hop off here, is there anything that we've missed or anything that, you know, prior to having this conversation that you really wanted to talk about that we haven't really touched on or... I don't know. I feel like we covered it all. We got my childhood, we got my adolescence, anxiety, <laughs> business, yeah. pandemic stuff. We, we hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I love it. I love hitting nails on their heads. So uh, the last question, oh, come on. Did you really not expect that? But um, least, first... You didn't say the word box in some <laughs> shape or form, but... I'm always going to forget about that whole subliminal message with that term, considering it's just in not In the very first anything. episode? Yeah, anyway, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Have to go but, back and, and listen to that. <laughs> yeah, please do. You can see how much we've really matured. Uh, but, um, if you're not watching, if you're listening and not watching, I'm giving in big quotations, by the way. Yes. If you haven't subscribed to YouTube, please do. You're missing out. But... Ariana, one of the things we love to ask our listeners, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they know what's coming, sometimes they don't, is we are the Getting Juicy podcast. We love to bring a lot of juice, and we love to know what is your favorite fruit juice if you were a fruit juice, and why? That's a good question. Um, I feel like orange and mango mixed together is mm-hmm. is my favorite. I do like orange juice. I don't like mango juice on its own, but when you add those two together, there's just something something super special about that. You're an Amazing. experimenter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm you like, like to, trying you to, like to decipher it, you. All the stuff. <laughs> yeah. You, you like to mix that shit up and make Shit-mixer. it spin on its head. I love totally. that. I love that. Well, Delicious. thank you. Thank you so much for taking your time in your day to be on our podcast. And um, it's so lovely to connect with you virtually and to make and to know that you're doing incredibly well with everything that you've been growing and adapting with. And we're super excited to see uh, the near future of how everything develops for you. Thank you. Super super fun and so good to connect with you again here. Yeah. And it was so nice to meet you. Yeah. Fabulous. So yeah, good luck with everything. Stay safe, stay as sane as possible. That's what I, I was saying, stay sane to people. They're like, but what if I don't want to be sane all the time? Like, yeah, fair enough. That's sane. Yeah, yeah, it is fair. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.